Thank you, Eliza. Welcome, and um, really appreciate you gathering together. Uh, this Sunday, we're going to continue a series that we started a couple weeks ago about the Holy Spirit. And we talked about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is God himself, that the Holy Spirit is a person. Okay, then we talked about last week how we have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us and then how we want to live from the inside out. Okay, we want to live from the inside out and allow the Holy Spirit to um, interact with us. So today, we're going to address this idea of hearing from the Holy Spirit. Okay, hearing from the Holy Spirit. So let's look at some verses that talk about that. John 14, 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all I said to you. Okay, so when we look at this verse where Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, we see what? We see that the Holy Spirit is our helper. And how does he help us? He helps us by teaching us. In order to teach us, he has to speak to us. Does that make sense? Like if I'm up here trying to teach God's word, I'm going to do that by speaking, by you hearing, right? So when we look at John 14, 26, we see that this is one of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit is to speak and to teach us, not only to teach us, but to help bring all things to remembrance. And I think that part is important because when we look at a verse like this, it talks about how the Holy Spirit speaks to us and interacts with us. And the one that we see in this verse talks about in our thinking, right? In our thinking. How do you teach someone how do you remind somebody of something? It happens in our thinking. So one of the primary ways that we talked about last time, one of the primary ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to us is through our thinking. Is through our thinking. That's how he teaches us things. That's how he brings things to remembrance that Jesus has taught us, that we've read from the Bible, that we've listened to in messages or other things that are happening into our life. This is one of the primary ways that God speaks to us, that the Holy Spirit speaks to us, is through our thinking, right? And that's very important for us to recognize. Okay, so he'll speak to us. He'll also speak through us, okay? Look at Luke 12, 12. It says, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. So not only will he teach you and help you to remember things for yourself, he'll also speak to you things that you're going to communicate to other people. Okay, so the Holy Spirit will speak to us and the Holy Spirit will speak through us. Okay, so these are one of the things that we want to hear about hearing about the Holy Spirit. Okay, now having looked at those verses... I know practically speaking, this is not always easy. It's not always easy hearing from God. And that's a, a very common thing that I hear when I talk to different Christians about how do you hear from God, right? What are some ways that we can, how we can practice this? What are, what are ways that we can learn to grow in this? And because in our practice, sometimes it's difficult for us, okay? So I want to look at that. So today we're going to look at some obstacles for us in hearing from the Holy Spirit. What are some things that make it difficult for us to hear from God from the Holy Spirit? Okay, and then in the weeks after that, we'll look at practical ways that we can try to grow in that. Okay, but today we want to address some things that make it difficult for us. Okay, so let's look at the first thing. The first thing is that we think this is abnormal. Okay, it's abnormal for us to hear from God. And unfortunately, 
that's kind of how it's portrayed in like in the media, in movies, in like different things. Like if you hear from God, you're a little bit crazy, right? So like, you know, you see like those serial killers that they hear from God and God was speaking to them in an audible voice and telling him to, to do this and to do that. And sometimes it's like made fun of. And sometimes you think it's like you're a little bit off or you're a little bit crazy if you think you're hearing from God. Okay. But I want to make that clear that that's the world's perspective about God. That's not actually true. Let's look at this verse in John chapter 10. John chapter 10 verses 2 through 4 says, But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts them forth up, when he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Okay, when we look at this passage in John chapter 10 that talks about the shepherd and his sheep, he's talking about Jesus and his followers and those that believe in Jesus. What does he say? What does he say about the sheep and the shepherd? One, he says, the sheep hear his voice and he calls them all by name. He knows them individually. He knows them and he has a personal relationship with one, everyone, right? You know that if you know somebody's name, you have some kind of relationship. You're acquainted with them in some kind of way. You've at least met them and acquainted with them. Versus a stranger on the street where you don't know their name, you have no relationship at all with them. You don't even know who they are, what their name is. He's saying the sheep and the shepherd, they have a relationship. They have a relationship together. He knows your name. He knows you individually. He doesn't know you all just by sheep. Right? We're not all just like was one big glob that he knows. He knows us individually. He calls us by name and he leads us. Verse 4, we know that the sheep follow him because they know his voice. So not only are they, do they have some kind of relationship, they have some kind of intimacy together. I've used this analogy in the past, which doesn't work anymore because we have cell phones. When you get a call, you already have the name right but back in the day before cell phones you pick up the phone you don't know who it is but if you really know that person as soon as they start talking you already know right because you're so familiar with that person right so if my dad called me and i pick up the phone and i didn't know who was there as soon as he starts talking i know it's my dad i know it's him if my wife calls me and then i don't look at my cell phone i don't i don't recognize i just pick it up as soon as she starts talking I know it's my wife. How do I know already? How do I know, like, if I don't even look at the caller ID, how do I know if I just hear one word? Because I'm that close with them. I'm that familiar with their voice that if I could just hear one word from the other line, I already know who it is. This is what Jesus says is true about his sheep and him being the shepherd. He says, my sheep follow me because they know my voice. Does this sound like hearing from God is abnormal? Does this sound like hearing from God is supposed to be strange? Does this sound like hearing from God is supposed to be some random occurrence where you just get every once in a while where you see a burning bush or you see something miraculous happen and then you feel like, okay, that's God. Then God is speaking to me now, but all the rest of the times God is not speaking? No. 
It can't be the case where God is just speaking some kind of miraculous time every once in a while. You can't have this kind of relationship talked about in John chapter 10 if that was the case. God is talking to you that he's talking to you through the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. That's how I know my dad's voice. That's how I know my wife's voice. I talk to them on a daily basis. I live with them. I talk with them. I have communication with them. I interact with them all the time. That's how I know his voice. So how do we break through and listen and hear the, hear the voice of God through the Holy Spirit? We have to change this idea that this is abnormal. This is normal for every Christian to hear from God. And not only to hear from God, to hear from him regularly, often, daily, to hear from him. Let me give you an example. So um, I love like... I love when God speaks like some tremendous thing, right? So God will just reveal things that are just so amazing, right? That you could never possibly know, right? I love those stories, and we'll probably share those stories during this series. But I really love the everyday things that the Lord speaks. Let me give you an example. So this morning, uh, I woke up. And as I normally do, spend time with the Lord in the morning. And then often what I do after I spend time with the Lord in the morning, and I read the Bible, journaling, et cetera, et cetera, I go and I walk with God. So I go on a, like a kind of a prayer walk. So I do this very frequently. Every day, maybe multiple times a day, I'll just go walk. Okay, so I'll just go walk. And when I walk, I have no agenda. I don't have anything in mind necessarily. I just want to go kind of like they describe in the Garden of Eden, where they're just walking and talking with God, right? So, like, I try to practice that. So I walk and talk with God all the time. And like I said, I don't have any agenda. I don't come with him with, like, a, a whole list of all these things that I want to hear from him and tell me about this and tell me about this and I'm worried about this and da-da-da. I don't come with any of that, right? I have no agenda. I'm just going to spend time with God, okay? But whenever I spend time with God, he always speaks to me. Okay, and what does that look like? Again, it's not an audible voice, but he leads and guides my thinking. Okay, so when I'm walking and talking with God, he'll bring different things to mind, and I'll ask him about those things, and I'll talk with him about those things. One thing that has been happening, like, a lot lately is that when I start walking and talk with him, he'll bring a song to mind, right? He'll bring, like, a different worship song to mind, right? And I was thinking, this is kind of interesting how it's happening, like, every day. Every day he'll bring a song to mind, and every day it'll be a different song, right? Every day it'll be a different song. So today, I'm just kind of walking and talking with God and just really enjoying him, enjoying him being present with me, enjoying like I can be and be with him and be close to him, and then he brings a song to mind. It says, uh, I just want to be where you are, right? And so this is actually a really, really old song. Okay, and so I'm grateful for the internet. You could just kind of Google it, right? So I just Googled, I just want to be where you are, right? And then what pops up? Uh, Don Moen, 1992. I just want to be where you are, okay? I just want to be where you are, dwelling in your presence, right? So if you're a little bit older, then you might recognize that song. But he brought that to mind. I literally have not heard that song or sung that song in 28 years. Maybe probably, probably 25 years. 25 years, I have not heard that song one time. 
I have not sung that song one time in 25 years. But I'm walking and talking, and the Lord puts this song on my heart. I just want to be where you are. And it's interesting, the song that he always chooses, it's what's on my heart. It's what's on my heart. And that was on my heart. I just want to be where you are, dwelling in your presence. I don't want to worship from afar. I just want to be where you are. That was my heart's cry to the Lord this morning. I just want to be where you are. And then when I'm expressing that, he puts a song in my mind. Did I hear from God? I think I did hear from God, right? I don't remember that song. I didn't just listen to that song. Sometimes we, we doubt ourselves, right? Like, oh, did I really hear from God? But I just heard that yesterday, or I just heard that in the car, or I just talked to this person, and that's why I had this thought, and da-da-da-da-da. And we, we talk ourselves out of the situation where we think we're actually being led by the Holy Spirit, and God is speaking to us. I have to urge you, we have to stop doing that. We have to stop doubting ourselves. That's why I said it's really important to not think that this is something abnormal or something strange. This is an everyday thing. This is a relationship that we have with God. God speaks to his children. There's nothing strange about that. There's nothing strange. That's why they use that analogy in the Bible that talks about a father and his children. Because it's not strange when a parent speaks to their kids. That's not odd. That's not strange. That's normal. It's normal, right? And so when we walk and talk with God, when we go about our life and God starts putting thoughts in our mind and directing our thinking, it's okay to think God is the one leading and speaking to me. Okay, and then I know we always have these doubts and questions, or I always hear it, right? But how do I know? How do I know it's God, right? So is all our thoughts from God? Of course not. Of course not all our thoughts are from God. But what I always have been trying to encourage you to see is it's happening more than you think. It's happening in everyday life. It's happening in your workplace. It's happening while you're doing your work that God is directing your thinking. He's leading you in how to do your work and how to do your job, how to talk with people, how to have a relationship, how to do things in, in your life and how to think about things, how to think about your money and how to think about your future, that God is deeply involved in those things. Matthew chapter 7 talks about how the birds in the air, they don't have a worry in the world because God provides for them. How much more does God provide for you? Does he care about the things that are important in your life? How much more does he care about those things so that he would speak to you about it, that he'll guide your thinking about that? We have to gain more confidence that we hear from God and this is not something abnormal. Let's look at a second, second reason that I think it's difficult for us to hear from God. It's fear. It's fear, okay? So one reason I think it's difficult to hear from God is fear. And it might not be what, what you think. It's fear one, on one side that we don't, are not able to hear from him. Okay, there's something about us. Other people can hear from God. Pastor Sam can hear from God, but I can't hear from God. And so we have fear. We have fear that we can't do it. Okay, but I think that that's where we have to go back to the first point that hearing from God is just natural. Okay, a lot of times we can't hear from God because 
we're trying too hard, right? We're trying too hard, right? So again, let's go back to the analogy of like you talking to your parent. Like, do you have to like struggle and think about how you're going to open your mouth and how you're going to talk with your parent or if your parent speaks back to you? How am I going to be able to hear from my dad or from my mom? How am I going to do it? You don't think that. You don't think that way. You just talk. <laughs> and then you just listen. And then when you hear, you respond and you ask questions. And when you ask questions, you don't, don't be surprised when he leads and guides your thinking. Okay, so that's one side. One side is that we're fearful that we can't do it. Okay, but that comes from a wrong type of thinking. The thinking that only the godly, the only the, the highest of the high, only the pastors can hear from God. That's not true. All of God's children can hear from him. Okay? That's, there's no exception, and you're not the exception. Okay? So that's one fear. The other fear, though, the other fear is that we will actually hear from him. That's one thing that makes it difficult for us to hear from God is that we do have a fear that he'll actually tell us, right? And the way that it comes out is, and I've heard this many times before, is like, I want to pray to God, but I'm afraid what he's going to say. I'm afraid what he's going to say. He's going to say, I don't want you to have this, or I don't want you to be in this relationship, or I'm going to send you to Africa, or whatever our fears are, right? Whatever our fears are when we talk with God, we're actually afraid of what he's going to tell us. We're actually afraid of what things he's going to communicate with us, okay? So there's a fear that we can't hear from him. There's also a fear, what happens if we do hear from him, okay? So there's both of those fears. The second fear is really based on another lie that we're believing, is that, that God doesn't love us, that he's not for us, that he's not for his children, that he doesn't care about us, that he doesn't... Um, care about the things that are important to us that's not true that that's a lie but a lot of this fear is based on past experience a lot of this fear is based on your past experience with God your past experience even not with God with the church and other Christians your past experience with religion your past experiences with things in the past ways that you've gotten hurt ways that you've gotten disappointed ways that you feel like you opened up your heart and you really got discouraged ways that you feel like you wanted to hear from God you're talking to God and you can't hear anything you're not getting anything God is quiet God is silent God is not speaking God is not present a lot of our fear comes from those kind of past experiences when we've tried to genuinely walk and genuinely talk with God and we're not getting anything we're not hearing anything but all of those fears are not based on truth those are fears that come from our experience Okay? And there's many things that can influence our experience. Our experience can be based on things that are not actually true. Our experience can be based on things that we are going through but don't really have a, a rooting in reality. For example, when we hear from God, uh, I think it's really important that we don't have an agenda. Okay, Kind of like I was saying. Because a lot of times we want to hear from God, but we only want to hear one answer. Okay, so like we ask God for like, we're almost asking God to like give us confirmation that, that he's, you know, he's okay with what we're thinking of what we want to do, right? We come to him, 
right? And so let me give you an example. Like, okay, so let's say we're praying about a relationship. You're praying like, God, do you want me to be in this relationship? Or do you not want me to be in this relationship? And we come to him and we're asking him, right? But in our mind, in our heart, we already know the answer. We want the answer to be yes. Okay, we want the answer to be yes, and I don't want to hear no. That creates a lot of fear. That creates a lot of tension. That creates some uncertainty when you're, you're not asking God with a whole heart. You're not asking him because you want to hear. You want to hear what you want to hear. You want to hear the, the answer that you already predetermined, right? You want the answer to be yes. I want to hear from God. He's telling me it's okay. I want you to be in this relationship. I'm telling you, if we already have the answer already in our mind when we talk to God, I think that God's not going to want to speak, right? How would you want to be that in that situation if you're talking to someone and they already like predetermining what they want to hear from you? Like you're asking them different things and then you already have in your mind what they want to hear. That's not honoring. That's not genuine. That's not a relationship. That's not something that we have. And I think that that's what creates fear when we fear what God wants. And that what's rooted in that fear? God doesn't want the best for me. He wants me to suffer. He wants me to go through this. He doesn't want me to have this thing. He doesn't want what's best for me. That's rooted in a lie. That's not true. That's not true. And when we're able to do that, and I know that I struggle with this too. We all do, right? We always come with some kind of bias when we come and pray. But I found the times when I can hear from God the best is when I'm open to either, either, either answer. Okay, when I come to God and say, if you say yes, I'm good with that. If you say no, I'm good with that. Okay, when I can come to God with that kind of heart, it's much easier for me to hear. It's much easier for me to hear. Okay, so when we go to God, we need to address these different things, these different obstacles, okay? So number one, we can't feel like hearing from God is abnormal. Number two, we have to address these different fears that are rooted in things that are not true. One, that I can't hear from God, and two, that I need to be afraid of what he's going to say, okay? Those fears need to be addressed, okay? But we need to replace it. It's not just good enough to, to say that I don't want to do these things. What do you do instead? Okay, so what we want to do to replace fear is we want to replace it with faith. We want to replace it with faith. Really, fear is the enemy of faith. Fear is the enemy of faith, right? Because both are thinking about the future. Is that right? Fear and faith are both thinking about your future. Two versions of the future, right? One is rooted in fear. The other one is fear Rooted in faith. They're in opposition to each other. Fear and faith are opposing each other, right? Fear is belief and trust in the enemy. Faith is trust and belief in God. They're opposed to each other, okay? We need to not just be, not be afraid. We need to have faith. We need to have faith that God is for us and he speaks to us. Let's look at an example. Okay. This is not actually a positive example, but we'll look at this. Acts chapter 12, okay, and this section is uh, 5 through 16, but we're just going to kind of fast forward through this, okay? So let's just look at verse 5. So verse 5 says, so Peter, okay, Peter, one of the Jesus' disciples, was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. Okay, let's look at verse 7. 
And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, and a light shone in the cell, and he struck Peter's side and woke him up, saying, Get up quickly. And his chains fell off of his hands. Fast forward to verse 11. Okay, this is after he exits the, the prison, and he's out in the middle of the street. And then it says, Peter says, I suddenly came to myself, and now I know for sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. Okay, so he kind of realizes what happened. He, the Lord just delivered him from prison miraculously. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who is also called Mark, where there were many gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door, a servant girl named Rhonda came out to answer. Verse 14, when she recognized Peter's voice, because of her joy, she did not open the gate, but she ran in and announced that Peter was standing in front of the gate. They said to her, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. They kept, then they kept, they kept saying, it is his angel. Okay, let's, let's pause here for this, this story, okay? Okay, so Peter's in prison. He's being persecuted for his faith. The church, the early church, they're praying fervently for Peter. Fervently praying for Peter. Then an angel comes and delivers him. Okay, he's escaped from prison. Okay, he's on the most wanted list, and he's out in the middle of the street. He's knocking on this door where there's all these people gathered together. Okay, the servant girl comes and hears that it's Peter's voice, okay, then runs back without opening the door, right? Can you imagine Peter? Like, you just escaped. You're escaping prison. Everybody's looking for you, and you're like, open the door. <laughs> what are you doing? Open the door. But she goes and she leaves, right? And then she goes and tells all the I want you to catch the irony here. All the people that are praying for Peter's release, she's going to those people and telling him, Peter is at the door. Right? And then what did they tell the servant girl? They said, no, it can't be Peter. It must be his angel. Okay, look at what's happening here. They're actually praying for Peter's release. Their prayers have become answered in a miraculous way. Peter's actually at the door. They are so in unbelief, they think it can't be Peter. It must be his angel. Right? That takes some faith to believe, too. But they're like, I can't believe that it's actually Peter, so maybe I'll just believe that, that it's his angel that's actually at the door. Okay, when we look at this, okay, again, this is not a positive example, but this shows something. This shows something. What is it revealing? Okay, when we're looking at this passage in Acts, we're revealing what? It reveals when we pray, things happen. Miraculous things happen. But when we look at the people that are actually praying for it, they can't believe it. They can't believe that when they're praying, that God is actually responding to their prayer. And when I read this, I just have such a strong conviction. What do we think is happening when we pray? What do we think is happening when we're praying to God? Do we feel like anything is happening? Do we feel like when we're talking to the God of the universe, when we're talking to our Heavenly Father, when we pray, do we actually feel like something's happening? God was addressing this to me, right? And he was addressing this to me as I was 
trying to let go of certain things and let go of like things that I was worried about and try to just release control over to him. And I was just praying and I was just talking to God about it. And then all these questions came to mind, but like, Lord, isn't it irresponsible if I don't actually do something about this? Isn't it irresponsible that I, and show that I don't really care if I don't actually talk to this person or if I don't take steps and try to do something? Isn't it showing that I really don't care what's going on and that I'm kind of dismissing my responsibilities and my part in all this? And then you know what the Lord told me? He's asking me, do you think something's actually happened when you're talking to me? When you're praying, do you think actually something is happening? And if something is happening, do you think you're being irresponsible? And then he took it up another notch. He's saying, what's more responsible? That you let me do it or you take care of it? What's more responsible? And that really brought a conviction up to me. What I thought was being irresponsible and it's really the most responsible thing to do is we can let God do it instead of us do it. Why do I bring up that example? Because when we talk to God, he does something. He responds. When you're talking to God, he will speak to you. When you question, like, how do I know it's from God? And we can, we'll talk about different things that will be helpful for, for us to know when we hear from God. But the one time you can be more confident you're going to hear from God is when you're praying. When you're praying and then God puts things in your mind, that's the time when we can be the most confident. Because when we pray, God responds. When we pray, the Holy Spirit will speak. When we pray, the Holy Spirit will bring all things to remembrance. When we speak, the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. When we pray and talk to God, he will respond and speak to us. How do we know when we hear from God? Well, like we said, we'll get into all the different situations. But the time we can be the most confident and have the most faith is when we're praying. That's why the Bible says we need to pray without ceasing. We need to keep talking with God all throughout the day. Not just when we read the Bible, not just when we're at church, not just when we're at a prayer meeting or a Bible study, all the time. And when you do, trust in the way the Lord is leading you, leading your thinking, leading your emotions, leading your choices like we talked about last week leading you and guiding you. You need to trust in those things, especially when you're praying. That's got to give you more confidence that what you're receiving is from the Lord. So as we close, I, I really do want to encourage you, like, and myself included, we need to grow in our confidence. We need to grow in our trust that God is for us, that he loves us, that the Holy Spirit is present and lives inside of us that he cares enough to be involved in the things that are important to us, that he cares enough that he'll speak to us, that he has that kind of relationship with us, that he'll actually speak to his children, that he'll lead us and he'll guide us. But it's on our part to be able to believe it and receive it and engage it. Why don't we pray? So Holy Spirit, we're just so thankful that we have this kind of relationship with you that we have this kind of intimate relationship with you, that you could come 
and to dwell with us and to be present with us. We have this kind of intimate relationship that you actually care. You care about everything that's going on in our life. You care so much that you will speak to us, especially when we're engaging you and praying and speaking with you, that you respond. You're that good. You're that good, and you care that much. So we pray for your grace for us to be able to see and receive and have faith. Have faith in you, Holy Spirit, that you'll speak to us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.